This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Hey, I'm Ray. And I'm Dean. And we're from Joy Breakfast. We hope you enjoy this Joy podcast. It is 25 minutes to nine. You're on Joy Breakfast with Rach and Dean. And like so many of us, our next guest wears many, many hats. You may know her as Mama Mish from her pastime volunteering here on the Joy Airwaves. Her advocacy work, not only for trans people in the workplace, but equality and visibility for all within our rainbow communities or her work at Victoria's Department of Transport. This morning, she joins us on Joy Breakfast ahead of International Women's Day next Friday, where she'll be running an event focused on frontline women in the transport and planning industry to empower and build inclusion for female workers. Welcome, Michelle. Hey, team. How are you? We are fabulous. How are you? <laughs> Doing good. I, it was one of those mornings I'm going, oh, my God, it's so early. I forgot how early this was. Hey, welcome <laughs> to being up early. You were, just to give everyone a bit of a description, Mama Mish was in here like at quarter past, 20 past, yeah. seven in the morning. Like you prepared. <laughs> well, I usually start my day around seven, seven thirty in the morning anyway. So I'm always like checking email and doing my thing. So I had coffee in hand and had my myself ready to go. Yeah. Well, hmm. mm. I, I have insider information. And I'm going to share it that uh, Mish is actually wearing yesterday's makeup. So <laughs> you, you she bitch. looks like a stunning hot mama, uh, but she didn't have to even put in any effort this morning. Hey, hey, lucky hey. I straightened duck. my hair. I, I touched it up. All right. There, there are some times that we have to do what we have to do. Right? Well, right, you Rach? look bloody fabulous, <laughs> my okay. love. Well, let's dive into talking about uh, like what, what it looks like for women within the workplace and the, this event that you're doing for International Women's Day. So to start this chat off, it's important to know what was the environment like for you when you were entering the workforce as a woman? Let's take it back. Look, we're we're talking about like 12 years ago when I came out. And so for me, when I came out, I uh, had lost my entire career. So I had 20 years of IT experience. So traveling as a technician, working in data centers, working in call centers. It just... I'd lost it, right? And I, I really worked hard to get back in there. The conversations I had with recruiters, with um, uh, employment pathway teams was, look, you know, we struggle placing women within information technology. Yeah. As a trans woman, you can forget it. Yeah. Whatever you need to do to scrub toilets, look after you and your two daughters, that's what you need to do. But no one's going to hire you within this field. So it was just these constant barriers that I faced. And so for me... When I took a step back with my advocacy with coming out, I'm going, something's wrong here. Something's not right. And I need to look into this. So through over the last decade, I've been focusing on employment, employment pathways and understanding the barriers and challenges that face not just our wider LGBTIQA plus community, but others as well. I am baffled by you saying that people said that there was no space for not just women in the IT world, sorry, the there is a greater explanation of IT, um, but also particularly trans women. Mm. What are the barriers that gender has anything to do with your ability to do IT work? Look, it's interesting. I remember having conversations with people who worked for recruitment agencies and they would, someone would then call me up afterward and say, let's have a follow-up coffee because I obviously connected with them in the moment. And what they would say to me afterward, they go, Michelle, look, it's unfortunately, um, we've had people internally who've been reprimanded and given a final written warning for placing a trans woman and not telling anybody about it in an organization. Or I had the person who tried to help me get the job 
say, look, their their challenges around toilets. What do they do? How do we how do we help him? It it just was you know lack of education as a whole. And and, and at the time, you know, Caitlyn Jenner hadn't even come out, so mm. we we didn't have that sort of spark publicly. Uh, that we've seen even more now. So today, Jada was released saying an Australian working woman is paid almost 20% less than her male peer, receiving around $18,000 less per year than what a male colleague is paid from the job. I think we can all agree that's ridiculous. Mm. And um, uh, while pay is certainly a factor in regard to this, why is it so important for us to not focus on women's participation within the workplace, not only in the broader workforce, but especially in male-dominated industries? Well, you just said that most of those industries are quite male-dominated. The roles are seen as focused on just men, that, that women, you know, we're not going to cater for, for women out there. You know, things like, um, uh, you know, receptacles that we need, the the, the support we need, you know, the, the toilets. I know women need toilets, more time in toilets than men do huh. in general. Um, this is so weird to there's hear. There's so much, there's so much yeah. that, that is needed out there, but also... You know what we also see is a, is a is a, in this particular industry an industry that has been shaped by cisgender white men who who's still in the industry over sixty years. You know mm-hmm. you're looking at the Kevos, the Shannons, the Mix, the you know they've been doing this job for sixty years, and you, all of a sudden they start to see the change. Rach, you're nodding along to this in a really massive way. I it because it all makes sense to me. I've mm. you know been in industries that are male dominated as well, and y- you just you are othered. Well, mm. yeah, but also, you know, one of the things I believed as well is is we as a community when we do our advocacy, we will go into say white collar areas. We'll go into the banks. We'll go into the insurance companies. We'll go into the you know accounting firms. But we never really go into the blue collar areas. And I've always thought. If you're going to make change, go with the average Joe. Help turn their minds because those are the movable middle we need to actually work more with. Because most of them still know, ah, oh, me, you know, me mate uh, Stevo, he, uh, he's got, he's got a tranny. Uh, uh, his daughter is now his son, or his son is now his daughter, and, and they're the way talking to you. And so I found a way to actually being a blue collar tradie myself most of my life. Yeah, I was able to sit down with them and have a beer and have a conversation, understand some of their barriers and challenges, and go, they're just mostly afraid to talk half the time. Mm. Because I don't know what to say. You are on Joy Breakfast. We have Michelle Shepard joining us as we're discussing inclusion in the workplace, especially for women. Joy. Love that song. That was Holly Humberstone and Muna into your room. It is 14 minutes to nine and you're on Joy Brecky with Rach and Dean. We have in the studio with us Mama Mish. Uh, we are talking about women in the workplace specifically because... Uh, it's International Women's Day next Friday, and you're going to be running an event focusing on frontline women in the transport and planning industry to empower and build inclusion for female workers. We just got a message in from Cal, didn't we? Yeah, he said it's great to hear from Mama Misha. She keeps the conversation going about LGBTIQ women in the workplace with International Women's Day just around the corner. Keep up the good fight, Michelle. <laughs> Thanks, Cal. So what does it look like for LGBTIQ women in the workplace? What's your experience been? Look, traditionally, when we talk about International Women's Day, a lot of what I've seen over the years from my perspective is there's not a lot of diversity within the conversation. So we're really pushing around you know, women of color, which is something we need to be doing more, people with different backgrounds of faith, of different cultural backgrounds. 
uh, really recognizing you know the change from cold to calm. But we don't see a lot of people with disabilities in the conversation. We don't see a lot of lot of uh, women uh, who are LGBTQA plus. And then when I say women, I'm talking about those who identify or perceived as women. Um, normally, I would use the term queer for queer for to, as a uniting thing, but I know that's a, tra- a problem word for some uh, of our community. Um, but uh, if they'll hear me, I'll just say queer women as a whole. Um, and going out there and working with frontline people, they're, you know, they're like, I can't see myself, I want to be there. But traditionally in most organizations, well, when we look at, say, a pride network, most of the time it's ran by gay men. And it's mostly men who are showing up in those spaces too. So a lot of women aren't feeling connected in those areas as well. What do you think is part of the reason behind that? Like, why are the women not stepping into those roles? Well, look, let's let's talk about bisexuality in general. Okay, bisexual is probably one of the biggest spaces, right? Mm. Bisexuality is the largest population of our wider communities and also the ones who face the biggest sort of um, backlash or uh, discrimination from within our community and outside our community, right? So if a woman comes out as, say, bisexual in the workplace or part of a pride group or anything, she might be in a heteronormative relationship, uh, maybe have kids, she's going to get labeled in a very different way, yeah. okay? It's going to hinder uh, career progression. It's going to um, open up the doors to unwelcome uh, attitudes or um, unwanted uh, behaviors within the workplace. And this is, you know, we've got data and stats around this that are there. And so it's about, you know, uh, protecting ourselves still and within this space. I, I, I think an important part of this conversation that we're talking about is the in what we do within our own communities and how this affects an individual mm. within their workplace where they should be able to be themselves. And that is the biggest thing. And, you know, currently we're seeing a lot of fracturing, especially within, you know, women's spaces and what women are welcome, what women aren't. Um, you know, especially as trans women. One of the things I can I can talk to a lot about is how a lot of trans women feel quite isolated because we don't understand the social contracts when we come out of women's spaces, especially queer women's spaces, but we're no longer part of men's spaces either. Mm-hmm. And so we we're very isolated on where we want to go things. I mean, there's been times where you and I've gone out to dinner, Dean, and, and you and your mates, well, we're going to go down to Laird. Well, I guess you I should walk come. to my car because yeah. I now need to leave. Mm-hmm. But also if I've gone to places like uh, Sunday Licious or some of the others, I then I feel I'm kind of standing there because I feel like I've got a lot of eyes on me. And so we feel very disconnected. It's just because you're hot, babe. Oh, well, yeah. I wish. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. That's really awful of me. That, I don't want to diminish your it. feelings about that. I just wanted to reiterate I mean, that you are hot. What can I say? <laughs> yes, exactly. But, but this is where we got to start changing and thinking about our advocacy. So yeah. I think we, even as a community, fall into the same traps of doing the same things over and over. We had Midsummer March. We do Carnival. We have our different events that we have. So let's start thinking differently about our days of significance. Now, I would love to know about some like strategies and plans that are put in place to make things more inclusive for the different intersectionalities that are facing workplace discrimination. Well, let me t- let me talk about how I've maybe flipped, say, for example, we're at Purple Day. Yeah. Right. We're at Purple Day. So when I was going through the calendar of events that we do as an organization, we always see the same things. Right. We see um, uh, Midsummer, Midsummer Carnival. We, we have a carnival. We go do that. We go do uh, the Pride March. We have uh, Ida Hobbit Day. But half the time, it's usually a cupcakes and a flag and a mm. banner, and it's the same things over and over, right? But when I came to Wear Purple Day, everyone said, oh, it's part of the calendar, Wear Purple Day. And I said, well, why do we have Wear Purple Day? I mean, I know why. I mean, what did the work we do, right? But half the time, they treat it no different than I'd a hobbit. And it's around creating you know, safe spaces and, and just you know, 
removing discrimination in workplaces, especially for young people. Not just workplaces, but in, in spaces in general. Mm. And I said, well, we want to go and connect with younger people and help them with their future. So when I'm out connecting with families and seeing their young people, as we've watched over the last decade, grow, I've seen some of them from five and seven and eight, and they've grown. And now they're at the points of wanting to have a job and travel and transport and actually have a life, but they can't see us, mm. right? They don't, they, I'm hearing stories that these kids don't know what they can be because they feel that what they're seeing in the news and media is telling them they can't. So what I said, well, what is me raising $72 in a gold coin donation and having cupcakes in the workplace going to help a kid in the workplace? So why should I Why should I do wear purple day in the workplace? I know why, but I'm just saying this in general. Mm. I got I to look at it from a, from, a, from a high end level. Yeah. So I, I, I rewired it. I, I thought it over and I said, well, why don't we engage with those youth that are disconnected? Let's go to the organizations that are collecting these kids. Let's go to the family groups. Let's actually start bringing these young people into our workplaces, but Let's create an initiative. So I created a bent transport initiative, which brings together all the different pride groups and DNI people from across the industry to work together and start thinking about how we work together to create a pathway because we have an action in the action plan of the 10 year strategy within the government to increase employment. So we brought them in, went to a workshop. Brilliant. Brought them, brought them, let them have a barbecue, connect with people. And that that change and that focus and that difference just changes the whole direction of how things are going. Exactly. So if we connect that to the event that you're doing on International Women's Day, what does that look like? So again, bringing in the different people from across the industry, focusing more on those who are frontline, our authorized officers, our customer service staff, our drivers, those who don't often get a chance to be seen or heard, hear some stories, be celebrated. Um you know, most of the time it's usually an executive level conversation that we're bringing in a theaterette and having cupcakes. So <laughs> these people are able to come in where we're collaborating. We with, love a cupcake, clearly. Right? I love a cupcake. Clearly I love a cupcake. But it's a it's about bringing those people in. Making and sharing them the cupcake. And sharing the cupcake. Exactly. See, she, um, yes. see, she gets it. Rachel's on it. Right? Yes. <laughs> and then they go, telling. well, if I can have cupcakes with you, then I can work here too. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> and then so working with Pride and Diversity, working with many different organizations to showcase and talk and open the conversation more about changing these types of events we mm. do. And then I collaborated with Pride and Diversity. I said, what if we ran an event on the roof? How many people here want to go on the roof and just see the sunset on the roof and have a networking event up there? And, you know, having this inclusion conversation, you know, bringing everyone together um, and just dedicated to celebrating and advancing that inclusion of LGBTQA plus women and those perceived as women. So, you know, I'm really excited by this because I haven't seen this done before for our community. And I'm hoping this inspires other people to start thinking about our days of significance, how we can tweak them, change them. And bring more people from our community together and become a community instead of a community of communities. Well, you know what? You've got, I think, you've got us thinking and you've got plenty of other people thinking as well who are just listening. International Women's Day is next Friday, March 8th. And I mean, now there's so many ways to think about what you can do. But also, what did Joy do? Joy, next Friday, we are going to have... Well, we're kicking Dean off the airwaves and you and beautiful Beck as well will be joining myself um, for taking over breakfast. We are going to have an entire day of female voices on air. Yeah, it's really exciting for International Women's Day. Uh, It's going to be really great. I'm looking forward to listening in. Yay. Yay. Thanks, Mish. (laughs) Thank you, team. You're on Joe Breakfast with Rach and Dean. Joy. 
It is four minutes to nine. You're on Joe Breakfast with Rach and Dean. And it's nearly time for us to wrap up. Yes, but Mish, we need to know if people want to find out more information, where can they get in contact with you? Well, look, people can definitely get a, can get in touch with me on LinkedIn. That's probably one of the best places. I'm most active actually on there. Uh, so obviously Michelle Shepard or, you know, Mish Shepard is easy. Where to go? M-I-S-H-S-H-E-P-P-A-R-D. Uh, but also connect with uh, Party and Diversity and their Sapphire uh, network because they're promoting the event as well too to bring people into that event on the rooftop. Amazing. So. Absolutely Fabulous. wonderful. Thank you for coming in this morning and just just talking about this and the event that you're doing and how we can change direction on these days of significance for how we're doing things and what that can mean. Cannot wait to have you in here again next Friday morning. We are going to have a lot of fun, but also a lot of important conversations as well. On tomorrow's show, though, Dean, uh, we did get someone guess yes, who that laugh guess. was. It is Hannah Conda will be joining us on Joy Brecky. We're also going to be donning our capes and diving into the super of superannuation <laughs> with Angel- Angelo Baronessa. And we'll have a check in with a new medical centre. Mm, what's, what's health look like for our communities? We'll catch you then. Don't go anywhere. The most uplifting music mix is going to be playing all day. Hey, I'm Rach. And I'm Dean. And I hope you enjoyed this little snippet of the fun we bring to air as a part of Joy Breakfast during weekdays. Don't forget to tune in from 7 till 9am or like and subscribe to the Joy Podcast. And keep yourself out loud and proud. Thanks for listening to another Joy Podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.